As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, hospitals and doctors have seen a scary trend across the United States. Patients with stroke and heart attack symptoms are waiting to go to emergency rooms because they're afraid of contracting the coronavirus. Before COVID-19, most patients with stroke symptoms arrived at a Novant Health Medical Center within a few hours of becoming ill. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, the average is now a frightening 19 hours. That can literally be a fatal decision. I'm Gina DiPietro with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. And today we talk with neurosurgeon Dr. Eric Deshays about the importance of seeking immediate help when you experience heart attack or stroke symptoms. We jump into the discussion with Dr. Deshays explaining why every minute matters when it comes to stroke care. So the, the, clot, the clot busting drugs that we give patients, there's a three to four and a half hour max window from the time that they start developing the symptoms to the time that they actually get the medication. So call in one, EMS gets there, brings them to the hospital, they're evaluated by the emergency department physician, they get their CAT scan, they get their drug. They have the total, that drug has to be completely in for three hours, which is the standard of care. In some patients, you can go out to four and a half hours. So if they're not getting to the hospital for 19 hours, they've just excluded themselves from that treatment. Those patients who are candidates for some of that advanced care, when we bring them uh, down to the end of vascular suite and we do the, the uh, pulling out the clot uh, using radiology uh, and minimally invasive techniques, you have to come and get a special type of CAT scan and we look at the blood flow in the brain and what you're doing by delaying that time is you are minimizing your chances of being a candidate for that life-saving treatment. Once you're beyond 24 hours, you're completely out of any potential window. Within 24 hours, um, you're a potential candidate, but the people who do the best are the people who get to the hospital within three hours. So if you're waiting 19 hours, uh, a lot, the majority of those patients, rather than getting the, the clot busting drug and rather than getting these life-saving, minimally invasive surgeries, what's happening is they, they end up going to our neurocritical care intensive care unit and we have to watch them for brain swelling because we cannot reverse those symptoms. When you have symptoms of a stroke, there are areas of the brain that uh, will die and we just can't recover those. But the bigger part usually is this shadow area called the penumbra. And that's an area that's just stunned. It's stunned brain. And if they get to us in time and we can reopen those blood vessels, we can restore the function of the stunned brain. If they wait too long, the stunned brain starves of oxygen and nutrients and that area dies and they end up with a much, much bigger stroke that they will not uh, recover that area of the brain. And that means the chance of them needing a special type of surgery to remove the skull, to take the pressure off the brain, the chance of them being 
in the ICU rather than one night uh, it would be more like a week or longer. The chances of them needing a feeding tube or a breathing tube is significantly higher. And the chance of them ending up in a nursing home or dying before they leave the hospital is much higher because of the severity of the stroke. Right, so even if they even if they are lucky enough to survive, it sounds like you're saying they're looking at a significantly higher chance of uh, you know permanent brain damage that affects speech movement and your ability to enjoy you know a, a normal life. Correct. Your ability to have what we call a functional recovery, so your ability to uh, uh, return to your uh, regular daily activities, to be able to dress yourself, feed yourself, walk uh, on your own plummets when you miss that window. So, you know, these that, that three to four hour window um, is a window of opportunity where we can provide life-saving treatments. But if they don't call 911, uh, and they don't get to the emergency department fast enough, then they miss that window of opportunity. Because if we go outside of that window, then the procedures are not safe. Are there any patient stories that come to mind either from, from your own um, experience or talking with your colleagues about people who waited um, and things did not come out well? Yeah, I mean, we, unfortunately, we see it often. I can give you examples of stories of, of, of both, uh, both things happening. Uh, it's not uncommon that we see patients in the emergency department who had um, uh, a little bit of arm numbness or weakness the night before, and they thought they would, quote, unquote, sleep it off. And then the next morning, um, either, you know, they can't get out of bed because uh, you know, their arm now is paralyzed or leg is paralyzed or they are found, um, you know, by family members on the floor or unconscious uh, and then it's too late to do anything. Uh, also, you know, when we talk about strokes, I don't want to, I don't want to ignore the bleeding strokes as well because that number has actually increased and I believe the reason, and this is just my personal opinion, uh, thinking about it, I've not seen any national data on this. Nationally, we just don't know why yet. But with the bleeding strokes, people usually get the worst headache of their life. They can get a lot of neck stiffness. The lights hurt their eyes. And, and they can be in such terrible pain that they break down and call 911 and get to the emergency department. So we still are seeing the bleeding strokes. But the non-bleeding strokes those are more the silent strokes. Your arm doesn't work, it's numb, you can't talk. So those are the silent strokes that people think they can ignore or sleep off uh, when they can't. That's, that's, they're missing their window of opportunity. Other patients we've had uh, with some of the, the life-saving treatments with the clot-busting drugs, you give them the medication and it dissolves the blood clots and the smaller vessels in the brain and, the, and they get better. The ones that have larger blood vessel blockages, they get the clot-busting drug if they get there in time, uh, and then they go for the minimally invasive 
procedure to remove the blood clot from the brain. We do that through the artery and the leg, like, like a heart cath, but it's a brain cath. And those patients who come in after three, four and a half hours and are not candidates for the clot-busting drug, we're able to bring them and do that same brain cath, uh, brain catheterization procedure uh, up to a certain point, depending on what the CAT scan shows. So again, if that shadow area doesn't exist, then there's nothing to save, the damage is done. If there is a shadow area, uh, then we can still bring them to the procedure. Now those patients, uh, nowadays we have uh, excellent data and we have excellent outcomes with a lot of the new technology uh, that we offer throughout the Novon Health system. Uh, we're able to do those uh, brain catheterization procedures, both at Presbyterian and Forsyth Medical Center. Uh, it, it takes a very, very specialized team, a very specialized uh, operating room with specialized equipment and specialized surgeons to perform uh, this procedure. So only uh, our comprehensive stroke centers, which is PMC and FMC, have those capabilities. So when the patients go to those hospitals, you get transferred to those hospitals, and we do the brain catheterization procedure, I've seen immediate results. You know, some patients take 24 hours, a little bit longer to recover, depending on, on how small that shadow area was compared to the area that, the area of the brain that's been permanently damaged. But I've also had patients where before, you know, they, before the procedure, they can't move a right arm and right leg and they can't talk, and then immediately after we move the clot, they're able to say thank you right on the table and move their arm and leg. Wow. But those are the patients that, that come to the hospital as soon as they have those symptoms. The ones who wait are the ones that are going to make a much slower recovery, if one at all. So let's, um, just to make this clear for listeners, the hospital is still safe, is still a safe place to come to during um, a pandemic. Tell us why, tell us why that is. Our, our team at Novon Health has the expertise to perform the proper screening for COVID-19 and take the necessary precautions to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in our emergency departments and all of our care team members throughout the patient's hospitalization, whether it is in our operating rooms, our angiography suites, our emergency departments, our critical care units, our neuroscience units, everyone has been appropriately trained and we have all the necessary uh, protective equipment to protect both our patients and our staff members from contracting and from spreading coronavirus. Very good. So let's talk, um, we're, we're heading into Stroke Awareness Month. There's, there have been some recent developments um, at Novant Health where we've been able to speed uh, our care of, um, of stroke patients even faster thanks to artificial intelligence. Uh, in, in everyday layman's terms, what are, what are we doing on that front? Sure, so when we talk about artificial intelligence, that is a fairly broad uh, 
concept. What we are doing right now is we are the only, uh, Novon Health is the only system currently in the region uh, of our footprint, entire footprint, using this advanced imaging technology. It is software that will assist the radiologist uh, and, and provide an extra set of eyes, so to speak, when we're looking at these uh, CAT scans of the patient's brains and looking at some very tiny blood vessels that can be blocked and may be missed by the human eye. So the, the Viz AI, uh, artificial technology, intelligence technology, actually will identify blockages in the arteries of the brain and show us where this blockage is so that we can initiate a very rapid um, uh, uh, treatment uh, for these patients. Again, it's a way of shaving, shaving time off and every minute really counts because time is brain. The software, in addition to that, has a, uh, a list of our providers and it will send that imaging to the provider so they can look at it. So they don't have to take the time to log into the computer, find the patient, pull up the images, scroll through them, wait for the radiology report to come back. Everything is done pretty much instantaneously. And then it notifies the team that has to come in. So rather than the physician or uh, well, it's usually the physician calling the uh, interventional radiology team in, the neurologist, um, the identifying the patient, it's all done immediately. Everyone has all that information right away. So it has really sped up the, uh, the time that we are able to uh, get these patients in and treat them. It is shaved uh, many minutes off uh, of the treatment and has, has led to a much more coordinated and efficient effort in getting these patients treated as quickly as possible because again, that window for treatment is uh, very narrow and we have to do everything we can to uh, do, do many, many things with, with lab testing and imaging and seeing the patient and giving the medication in a very short period of time, relatively speaking. So this artificial intelligence has helped us to identify uh, the uh, problem uh, a lot faster and to call our teams and coordinate the care uh, in a much faster way. Uh, in, in everyday terms, this can be the difference between being an invalid and returning to work or retirement or just a normal everyday life. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that is absolutely correct. And uh, again, you know, time is brain and the faster they get in uh, to see us and get treated, then the more likely they are to have a, a full recovery. Additionally, with that Viz AI technology, when not everyone is going to be going to the comprehensive stroke center right away. Not everybody needs a comprehensive stroke center. So if a patient is living near uh, a hospital that is uh, acute stroke ready or is a primary stroke center, 
uh, all of our Novant hospitals have that designation, then that enables us to use the VizAI technology to have the patient evaluated by our expert stroke neurologist at our comprehensive stroke center and then make the decision whether or not the patient needs to be transferred for more advanced therapy at our comprehensive stroke centers at Presbyterian and Forsyth Medical Center, or if they can stay in their own community close to home with their family in one of the local hospitals and get all the treatment they need there if they're not candidates for more advanced therapy. Uh, if they are candidates to be transferred for the more advanced therapy at our comprehensive stroke centers, then having that information immediately with the VizAI technology significantly cuts down on the time for decision-making and transfer to our comprehensive stroke centers. And, and remind listeners just briefly, what are the signs of stroke and, um, and in maybe how are they easy to dismiss sometimes? I think, you know, we read about cases where people feel like they just felt funny and it seemed like it would be weird to go to the ER or that it would be an overreaction and they didn't want to be embarrassed and just sent home. So what does a stroke look and feel like and when should you not mess around and call 911? So there are two general categories of stroke. There is the bleeding type of stroke and the non-bleeding type of stroke. The bleeding type of stroke causes a leakage of blood from a blood vessel that's ruptured into the brain and it increases the pressure in the brain and patients will get very severe headaches. They will also have, uh, in some situations, uh, sensitivity to light and a lot of stiffness in their neck, almost like a meningitis feeling that all happens immediately and at the same time. Those patients can also have weakness, numbness, or tingling in their face, arms, or legs with those headaches, and those typically suggest a bleeding type of stroke. The non-bleeding type of stroke is more of that silent stroke. Patients will not get typically not get bad headaches with these. They usually only get weakness, numbness, or tingling in their face, or their arm, or their leg, or they have problems talking or understanding what people are saying, or they can have a sudden onset of very severe dizziness. There's a, there's a four-letter word that, to remember, and it's FAST, F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech. Get to the hospital as fast as possible. Gina DiPietro again. As neurosurgeons say again and again, time is brain when it comes to strokes. Every minute you delay care could be costing you brain cells and maybe the difference between a recovery that allows you to live the life you want or spending the rest of your life with a disability. For more information about stroke and the COVID-19 pandemic, visit Healthy Headlines, where you'll find lots of stories on these topics and many others. Meanwhile, please take a moment to review us and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.